I would like to welcome you to today's live broadcast of Dynamic Web Church. I do believe that you're just going to be blessed in today's session. You're just going to experience the life of God. Amen. God is only good. I would like to welcome every person that is a first time visitor to Dynamic Web Church. I believe that you're just going to experience the mercy, the grace and unconditional love of God. If you have tuned into this station and you are expecting condemnation or just correction all the time, I've got good news for you. Uh, This is not what it's all about. This web church is all about getting you established in what Jesus Christ has done for you and how much He loves you, how much He cares for you and how He has brought life to you through laying down His life on our behalf. That's what it's all about. You're going to be encouraged, you're going to be built up by the Word of God. Amen. What God says about you, His opinion about you, that's what it's all about. So, just I just want to say you're so welcome at this um, live broadcast. Just relax, get yourself a cup of coffee or something. I hope you've done it already. And just enjoy the message of God's grace. You are so special to God. I also just want to thank everybody that has invited people to um, link into this broadcast today. I just believe that you've just done one of the greatest, most wonderful deeds of love that it could be done is by getting somebody so that he can hear the message of God's unconditional love, the message of His mercy and His grace. You know, Jesus Christ died for us so that we could have life and that is called the love of God by God Himself. So if you are walking in the love of God, you will get people involved or connected to the message of God's grace. That is really walking in love. So many times we've got a wrong concept of love and what love really is. I believe the best or the greatest manifestation of love is when you are willing to lay down your life so that others can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. But that I'm not saying that you must become an evangelist or you must become a preacher. But by just inviting somebody to watch this live broadcast or to get onto the website, to get into the message of God's grace, the message of what Jesus has done for us, is an absolute act of the love of God. So, thank you so much for inviting people to just tune into this. I also just want to remind you that if, you, if we go offline for some reason, just press F5, it will just refresh the page and we'll be online again. Or if you are looking at the broadcast today and you just see digital breakup all the time, you can also press optional link and it will open the broadcast in Windows Media Player. And um, that also works very well. I see South Africans, so many times in South Africa, we struggle with the normal link and when you press optional link, it works very well. And um, that's the way we're running it this morning in our office as well because for some reason it doesn't work. Um, we, we broadcast our signal to... Uh, service in the United States and from there they send it all over the world and now we are receiving a, the signal from the state there's something wrong with it that it doesn't want to work on, on the normal link in South Africa it happens once or twice a month so you can just press optional link and it will open up in, um, in Windows Media Player that's if you only can hear my voice at the moment and you cannot see anything there and then another um, thing that's good news is we've uh, uploaded a lot of our material onto GodTube. So if you want to have one of your friends just or some of your friends just to watch our messages and they don't want to go onto the website, just send them the link to GodTube. Um, you can just search Bertie Brits on GodTube. It's GodTube.com and uh, I think we've uploaded 15 uh, in-depth studies on the Hebrew words and just a, sm- a small in- introduction to the ministry there and uh, there's one half an hour teaching on the fulfillment of the law that we've also uploaded. So, you can really get people to watch that. Walk in the love of God. Get people to slot into those things. They can be blessed and experience the message of God's grace. Amen. I would like us just to pray together before we take up the offering, before we um, just minister the Word of God. Just open your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I am experiencing your grace today. And today I am just going to be blessed in what you have freely given unto me. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, I just want to thank you for the honor that I have to preach your gospel all over the world today. That people from the United States, people from Europe, people from um, 
from Canada, people from Australia, New Zealand, everywhere in the world, the Far East can slot into this and watch the message of grace, listen to the message of grace being preached. Father, you know that the heart that you've given me to do this is not to build a ministry, but to build people. To see people established in your message of grace. Not to get followers of me, but to see people following you, my Father. I thank you that your message of grace will get people established in what you've done for them today. That they will stand up in newness of life. Holy Spirit, thank you that you speak through me today, touching people all over the world. I thank you that everybody that's got a headache, backache, sickness in their bodies today will be healed as we minister your word and even as I pray for them at the end of this service. Thank you for that, my Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Well, before we get into anything else, I would like to read a scripture in Acts chapter 13, verse 38, that has really blessed me. I've read it so many times, and every time I read it, it blesses me. Last night, I just watched something on Joseph Prince on the internet, and he was just reading the scripture again. I just said, man, this is awesome. And I just thought, man, I'm going to read this as an introduction to today's message, and to what we're going to do today. Amen. Acts 13, verse 38. It says, Be it known unto you, therefore men and brethren, that through this man, Jesus Christ, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Man, isn't that powerful? Let's read from verse 37. It says, But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. But um, be it known unto you therefore, because Jesus was raised from the dead, not because we've lived holy, not because we've done things right or wrong. It says, Be it known unto you therefore, men and brethren. Why? Because of the resurrection of Jesus. It says, um, That through this man is preached unto you today, the forgiveness of sins. And that is the gospel. That is the message which was preached from the beginning. The forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. And the gospel got watered down through the ages and through generations to a message that is not about forgiveness of sins, but all about your holy works. The gospel is about your sins are forgiven and that you have received the nature of God the moment you believe on that, and that's where holiness flows out of. But the message that Paul preached, the message that Peter preached, the message that the apostles preached in the beginning, and of which Paul, I believe, was the greatest, was the message of forgiveness of sins. And then, verse 39 there, uh, it says, And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which they could not be justified by the law of Moses. Now, if we can put that in simple words, it is, by Jesus Christ we are justified or rendered just or righteous from everything the law of Moses only found us guilty on. Ah, that is something powerful. That means if the law finds you guilty, Jesus justifies you. If you believe on Him through Jesus Christ. Now, that is such good news. It it boggles your mind. It says, man, this is too good to be true. This is something that we cannot actually believe because it's too good. Now, it is the truth. So many times fear can come into the hearts of people when they hear this because they can say, but how will we get people to live holy? How will we get people to live righteous? Now, let me tell you, it is not my job or your job to get people to live holy or righteous. It is the job of the nature of God It is the fruit of the nature of God that indwells people that will make them live holy. So I just want to say this to you today. Be it known unto you, men and brethren. Be it known unto you, church of God today. Hallelujah. That through Jesus, I preach unto you today, your sins are forgiven. You are made righteous. You are holy before His throne. You are just before Him. For He loved you so much that He gave His Son so that His Son could be made sin so that we could be made the righteousness of God. 
And maybe you came to this service today and you just experienced a lot of condemnation and guilt. Your life is, is, maybe your life's not sorted out. Maybe your marriage is not where it's supposed to be. Maybe you are living in denial in many areas of your life where you cannot face the problems that are in your life and you just want to run away from circumstances. Maybe you are at a place where you want to commit suicide. Maybe you are at a place where you feel down or you feel that you'll never get into the victory that God has planned for you because you are just not holy enough. I want to just read the next verse to you again. It says, And by Him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. So wherever you think you don't qualify and you've got your reasons for that, God justifies you through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Remember what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, who will bring in in any charge against God's elect? Is it God who justifies? Now what it was actually saying there is that not even God can bring in a charge against you because He is the one that justifies you or has justified you through the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you believe on His name, you stand just before God. If we don't believe in the name of Jesus, we stand guilty before God and we will be judged according to our works and we are condemned already. But when we believe in Jesus, in other words, when we believe the good news, I want to go as far as saying, when we believe Acts 13 verse 38 and 39 from the bottom of our hearts, when we believe Romans 5.19 which says that through the sin of one man all became sinners and by the obedience of one Jesus Christ we are justified when we believe When you believe that, you are made righteous. Hallelujah. Not even God will bring in any charge against you, for He is the one that justifies you. Man, isn't that awesome? Isn't that just powerful? That is the power of God. That is the life of God for you today. Amen. What a privilege to just come to the end of the year and know that we've started this year in the message of God's grace and this year we're ending it in the message of God's grace. Hallelujah. I also want to remind you of our midnight service at 11 o'clock South African time and that will be tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's tomorrow, the 31st. We're preaching 11 o'clock South African time. That's GMT plus 2. You can slot into that and just hear what God has placed upon my heart for the new year and the vision that God has given for Dynamic Love Ministries. And I do believe that out of that It will also give you a lot of direction and just peace in your heart for what you can do in this year to come. Amen. So don't forget that. Remind people of that. Um, It's better to hear the good news, especially some other place in the world. I mean, the time will not be at 11 o'clock. It will be some other time. So you will not be at your friends maybe. You can, when you, if you are at home, you can listen to this. Invite someone to watch this with you. It will encourage them. It's always good news. It's never condemning. Always giving life. Amen. And that you can know you will always find a dynamic web church. A message of grace. A message that will impact you so much that you can be the Christian you always wanted to be. A message that will impact your life so much that you will manifest who God is. Hallelujah. The only lasting change as a Christian is effortless change. So the more we try to change, the less we will change. But the more we come to a place where we can just say, My God, I thank you for what you've done and I see what you've done for me. And when we, let me use the word, indulge into that, uh, the more you'll find change naturally coming to you. Amen. That's what God has got for us. Hallelujah. Now, um, let's speak a little bit on finances. In... 2 Corinthians chapter 9, chapter 8, verse 9. I'm just going to read this scripture. And this is the most awesome scripture on finances in the Bible, besides the one in, in, in Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus taught on money. You know, Jesus made it so simple. He says, don't worry about anything I'll provide for you. And man wants to add so many things to it. You know, if you go into this next year stressed about money, Stressed about if God will provide for you or not. You will fall into depression. You will be so depressed. You will be so negative about the next year. Because finances makes out such a big part of our lives. You, where you live, what you drive, what you wear, where your children go to school. All that is determined by the amount of money that comes towards you. And if you are stressed about money and... Um, 
a great area of your life will be stress-filled. Wherever you go, if you go to the supermarket, you're going to be stressed. If you go to the petrol station, you're going to be stressed. If you go to the school to pay uh, the school fares, you're going to be stressed. If you must put new tires on your car, you're going to be stressed. If the water and light bill comes, you're going to be stressed. If something breaks, you're going to be stressed. Because if money is the place where you are stressed out, you're going to be stressed in 90% of the things in your life. That's why it's so important to speak on finances and to get money into, the, into grace. And so you can see that God's provision is by the grace of God. So many of us have got peace today uh, when it comes to eternal life or life after death. We talk about heaven, if I should die, I should go to heaven, those type of things. We've got peace. And if I ask you, why do you have peace? You will say, because Jesus died for me. But when it comes to money, we stress. And when it comes to money, and I ask you, why will God provide for you? You might say, because I'm a giver or a tither. Now, that's the wrong answer. It's not the right answer. Like I said so many times, I've heard so many preachers say, you know, this ministry will stand tomorrow financially because we are tithers. Now, I want to say this. Dynamic Love Ministries will stand tomorrow because Jesus lives. Amen. That's the only reason. Because God is a God of grace. Because of the integrity of God, this ministry will stand. Because of God's unconditional love, this ministry will stand. Because of God's unconditional love, I will, I will walk a path of holiness and righteousness. Because of God's unconditional love, I will be a husband that loves my wife. Because of God's unconditional love, I'll be a father that cares for my children. Because of God's unconditional love towards me, I will love my neighbor and have a passion to preach the gospel. Amen. Because of God's unconditional provision, we will always have finances to preach the gospel wherever we want to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Because of God's unconditional love, I will be a giver. Because that's what His love works in me. Amen. So I want to just tell you that God is a God that loves you. God is a God that's got... Um, this, in, this next, uh, in this next year, He is planning on blessing you. That's what He does. He has already um, done whatever needs to be done for you to be blessed. His plan is to prosper you. Not to get you poor. Not to put you through the desert. Not to get you in a place where you're going to struggle to see His provision. And then when you call out just in some mysterious way, then God's going to answer you and nobody knows what you must do in order for God to answer you. Uh, man, he's n- that's not the type of God He is. He's a God that wants to give you a secure future. You know, so many times we just say, if we can only know what's going to happen in the future, we will have peace. I know what's going to happen in the future. We're going to be blessed going in, blessed going out. Amen. Because of God. Because of the finished work of Jesus. Not because of our obedience to the law. But because of His obedience on our behalf to the law. Because of His great faith and we can, and the fact that we can rest our minds in His faith on our behalf. We're just going to be blessed. Hallelujah. We're going to be prosperous. We're going to be healthy. We're going to see thousands of people in this ministry being touched by the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to do. What's going to happen in your life is, in this time to come, you're going to just walk in such a peace concerning your finances that you will just say, my God, I'm a giver. My God, I can bless this person in the street. I can bless the ministry. I can bless the church that I go to. I can just be who you want me to be because of your unconditional love. I want you to know this. That God is not a stingy God. He's not a God that says, um, you need to obey these ten principles, then I'm going to provide for you. doesn't work that way. There were principles that had to be obeyed, like tithing, but Jesus Christ tithed on your behalf. Now you might say, Barty, where do you find a scripture like that? It's very simple. The, he came to fulfill the whole law. And tithing was part of the law. If you say tithe is not part of the law, you must rip Hebrews chapter 7 out of your Bible. Because basically the half of that chapter is all about tithing under the law. You must rip Malachi chapter 3 out of the Bible. Because Malachi chapter 3 states that tithing is under the law, part of the Levitical priesthood. So many people say, but you know, Abraham tithed and tithing was before the law because Abraham was before the law. Well, that's true. Abraham did pay a tithe once of the spoils that he had, not of his livelihood and, or what he had, 
you know, so um, he did pay a tithe once, but it's not recorded that he ever gave it again. And something that was before the law as well was the circumcision. Abraham was circumcised before the law as well. So if you want to tithe, you must be circumcised. That's it, because it was before the law. It was not part of the law. But the whole thing about the law is it included everything before the law, under the law, so that anything that you need to do in order to be blessed or prosperous or saved was included in the law so that Jesus could do all of the things of the law and that was before the law so that we could be completely whole and blessed and prosperous by Jesus Christ. Man, isn't that a mouthful and powerful. That is the gospel. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that you through His poverty might be made rich. You're not made rich by your poverty, by you giving until you're poor. You are made rich by His poverty, by what He has given on your behalf in order to prosper. Man, isn't that awesome? That is the life of God. That is the goodness of God. Jesus Christ gave so that you can prosper. So what I want you to do today is take that financial problem that you have, take it to the cross of Jesus Christ. At that cross you see how He took the curse of that poverty. Then you pick up that financial problem and you say, I'm not under the curse anymore. And you take it to the throne of God where Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And as surely as what He is blessed, you are blessed, for you are in Him and He is in you. As simple as that. Now the Bible says Christ dwells in us as long as what we are in the Word. As long as what we obey His commandment, He is in us. Now what is God's commandment? His commandment is that we should believe on the name of Jesus Christ. So as long as what you believe on the name of Jesus Christ, you are righteous and you have got the prosperity of Jesus where He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Imagine Jesus running with needs in heaven financially. Imagine Jesus doesn't have food in heaven. Now, it's something that you cannot even imagine. Now, that's the same when it comes to prosperity and your future. I cannot even imagine that I will not have. Because as surely as what Jesus is blessed today, that's how sure I am that I am blessed today because I am in Him. And as the Father sees Jesus, He sees me for I am in Him. I'm surely in Him. Hallelujah. So, open your heart, open your mind to that. That is the gospel of Jesus. Now, I want to pray for you concerning your finances. I want to just say this. Um, I do believe, I don't know, we've struggled so much towards the end of this year to just get this whole thing where you can donate on the website running, but it seems to me it's going to be working in January. So, then you'll be able to donate towards Dynamic Love Ministries via your credit card, and um, whenever you want to, you can do it then. So, the money that we use in Dynamic Love Ministries is used mainly for the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, we do pay some salaries and things like that, but our vision is number one, to see the lost hearing the message of God's grace, to see pastors and leaders trained into the message of God's grace. Amen. So, if you want to give towards us, you can do it via your credit card. If you, if you really want to give and you cannot do it um, because we can't do it by the credit card, you can just go onto the website and you can see our banking details under donate and you can go to your bank and make a donation. Swift code is there as well. If you're in some other country, um, just go to the bank with your ID book and, your, and the Swift code and you can make a donation to Dynamic Love Ministries. Amen. Let's just pray together and I just want to speak the blessing of God and this grace over your life. Father, every person that is listening to my voice today, I stretch forth my hands towards them and I say, you are the prosperous of God. There's nothing you can do spiritually, to get God to bless you. You are the blessed already because of Jesus. As surely as what you are saved, that's how surely you are blessed if you can only believe it. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for every person that has just blessed this ministry through this year and through many years. 
I just thank you, my God, that they are so prosperous they could do this in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for your grace that came upon them so they could give, according to 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1. You are an awesome God. I bless everybody that's listening to my voice. I say, you are prosperous. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, isn't that wonderful to know that in every area of life, you can prosper because of Jesus. So many times we've just taken money out of the whole thing and that's not the way it is supposed to be. Now, in this year that has just gone by, you know, we've reached people, we've, we, we just got the website going, we were out into Zambia, we had gospel crusades, we were preaching the gospel, we saw many people receiving miracles, people being healed from HIV, AIDS and all those types of, type of things. But we want to see that and much more in the next year. Not that we operate from a basis of um, in contentment or that we're not content or dissatisfaction. We are content with what God has done. But I do believe that that was just a step to the next place where we're just going to have growth in the ministry and we've seen great growth in the last year and a half. I mean, one and a half years ago, we weren't even on television. We didn't have a website. We, we, I was still farming, um, you know, in, in a small town. We've been blessed with a house in the meantime. We've been broadcasting our television station two sessions a week. Uh, we started the website. We're doing live broadcasts. In the year to come, we're going to do gospel crusades. And I'll tell you more of that in our live broadcast um, in the midnight service. So, slot into that to hear that. You're just going to see what God has planned for this ministry in the year to come. But I want to tell you that all of the good things that God has planned for me and for preachers all over the world, He has planned that and more for you as well. You know that preachers are actually your servants. I am serving you today. You are not serving me by listening to this. You've slotted into this so that I can serve you. I've created a platform where you can come, where I can serve you with what God has given me. And I want to serve you today with the message of God's unconditional love. You know, we've been preaching about the message of how much God loves you. Then we talked about how we love God. And today we're going to talk about how we love our neighbor. And we're going to do that from the platform of what God has done for us. It's not going to be a law-based message. It's going to be a message where I can serve you and help you with this message of grace that it can enable you to live the love life or the God life towards your neighbor and towards your friends. And that's what God wants for you. You know, how will the love of God manifest in us if we don't open our hearts for the manifestation of God's love? God loved us first and then we are loving God back because of His love that He gave us and then we love our neighbor because of the love that He has given us. Now, um, I, d I just feel I want to say this. So many times we feel so inferior to preachers. Not that I say we not, we're not supposed to, to honor a man of God. We are supposed to honor a man of God. And the reason why I believe people need to honor me, they need to honor other preachers, if you don't honor them, you don't honor what they say. If you honor somebody, you place value on what they say. That's why it's good to honor a man of God, especially if he's a minister of the grace of God. Because then you'll place high value on the message of grace. And if you put high value on the message of grace, He is enabled to serve you with the message of grace. God is enabled by you honoring that man of God by serving you with the message of grace through that man. But we are never to feel inferior to any preacher. It's not supposed to be like that. I don't feel inferior to Benny Hinn. I don't feel inferior to... Oral Roberts or Kenneth Copeland or any, anybody like that. I can be on the, on the same stage with them tomorrow and I will not feel fear this much to minister with them. Because I believe that as Jesus is, so am I and so are they. We are the same. It's the same with you and me. We are the same in Jesus Christ. Never feel inferior. So many times when we think of a man of God, we think, how does he get to that place? Let me tell you, men of God has got the same problems as what you've got. Just the same. 
we are just people that God has given a gift to minister the Word of God to you. And you've got some other gifts. You are as special to God as what Jesus is. Amen. Know that you are not inferior to any man of God. You are not inferior to any preacher. And don't let any preacher make you feel inferior. Don't let any preacher tell you that unless you serve him by giving money to him, by obeying everything he says in his church, and those type of things, that you are now going to have a breakthrough in your relationship with God. That is a lie and deception from the pit of hell. Jesus has done it all in order for you to have the right relationship with God. And we are under you. We are serving you with a message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And always keep a man of God who preaches the grace of God in high esteem. In other words, honor him by saying, I put great value on what he says because he is there to serve me. Never fall for messages like, if you serve the man of God long enough, then God's going to promote you one day. Man, you'll serve the man of God until he's dead. And then the next one that can really fight will take his position. Don't fall into that type of a trap. Just honor that message. Honor that man of God because of the message that he preaches of grace. Hallelujah. Take that message into your heart. It will bring such a change in your life. You will find that you've got a relationship with God firsthand. And it will be a love relationship. It will be a friendship relationship. Amen. I don't say that we must buddy-buddy with God. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God, we honor God for who He is. We honor God for the majesty in which He stands. We honor God for the great grace that He has shown. But we also know that this awesome Lord and Master chose to call us friend. Amen. And then we honor Him by calling Him friend back. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, um, when we look at the love of God, now we're only getting into the message and already half an hour has gone, but bless God, we're getting into this. And I'm just going to recap a little bit on what I said in the previous messages. The, um, we talked about God's love for us and let's go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. And we just have a look at what the love of God is. If we cannot define love, we will not know how to love. We need to define love. Amen. Right. It says here, He that loves not, knows not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So what does He say here? The love of God is God giving His Son so that we might live through Jesus. So, if God loves us, the reason why He loves us is so that we, or the re- and, and this is what He calls love, is we cannot, we live through Jesus instead of through our works. That is God's love towards us. Now, how do we love God? Um, I think before we get into how we love God, I just forgot about something here that I want to say. We must remember that love is a fruit. Love is not something you do in order to get God to do something for you. It is a fruit. It's something that happens because of God's love towards us. Before I get into how you love God, I want you to know that love is a fruit. And we can go to Galatians. I want you to turn with me to Galatians. Chapter 5 and verse 22. And you can also open up in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Okay, let me just recap. I want you to concentrate and listen to what I've got to say. Number one, we say that the love of God is what God has done for us in order that we can stand before God. Herein is love, that we can stand before God in Jesus and not in our own works. That is love. And so few Christians today has ever experienced love. Love is to know what it is to stand before God in Jesus Christ and not in your works or in the law of Moses. Herein is love, that He gave His Son... 
so that we can stand in Him. Amen. That we can live through Him and not through ourselves. That's love. So herein is love. The, if you want to experience love, if we want to know the love of God, excuse me, you must study out the simple thing. What is it to live through Jesus and not through my own works? That is the love of God. And the more you study it out, the more you will experience the love of God. I've seen in my own life, you know, there was a time when I thought I've experienced the love of God, but I was actually just experiencing zeal for the kingdom of God. I would say, you know, I'm going to preach the gospel because, um, you know, I love God and because God loves me, I'm now going to preach this gospel because we must love God. And I thought that I loved God. I would study the Bible and would say, you know, I'm studying the Bible because I'm loving God. And in my mind, I would think I love God and that's why I studied the Bible. But I was actually studying the Bible to get revelation to know what to say at the next meeting. Not because I loved God. Because I've never experienced love. I just knew that my sins were forgiven. And then I knew that you need to live a holy life and a righteous life in order for God to be pleased with you. And what I was actually doing was, I was doing righteous things because of a need for love and not because I have been loved. And there are so many people today that are in that very same trap. We are doing things because of a need of approval. Because of a need for God to say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. I know God's going to say, Well done, my good and faithful servant, when I stand before Him. Because of what Jesus has done and I've believed it. So everything that Jesus has done is reckoned to me. And everything that I've done wrong has been reckoned to Him. And you might say, but that is not, that's not just. It is not right, it's not righteous to just have everything that Jesus has done reckoned to you. It is not fair. Now, well, it, is not, it was not fair for Jesus to be punished for my sins, for He's done nothing wrong. In the same way, it might not be fair for me to receive everything for free. But that's just the way it is. Amen. And we need to settle with that. In the moment you can get your heart not to jump up every time you hear that all our sins has already been forgiven in um, protest or in rebellion against that message, the quicker you get your heart not to do that, the quicker you'll experience true love and you will know what it is to read the Bible, not to have a message for tomorrow. You'll read the Bible not to be um, approved of God. But you'll read the Bible because of that love that comes into your heart. Amen. Love is a fruit. It's not something we do in order for God to love us. It's just a fruit of what God has done for us and a revelation. uh, That comes out of the revelation of what He has freely given unto us. Amen. So, that is just absolutely awesome if we can start to think and meditate upon that. Let me just recap again. The love of God towards us is knowing what it is to live in Jesus Christ. That is what the love of God is towards us. If you can come to a place where you say, I don't live through my own works. I live through what Jesus has done for me. Where you can visualize and see yourself not uh, having a relationship with God through the law of Moses, but having a relationship with God through what Jesus Christ has done for you. Where you can know I'm righteous. Where you can take acts... 1338 that I've mentioned in the beginning of this message, and you can say, truly, I am forgiven even if I've done something wrong. When you come to that place, you know what it is to feel loved. Now, out of that flows love for your neighbor. Anything else is just seeking love, seeking justification, all those type of things. You must know that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, I'm not going to read it, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, that you can lay down your life For others, you can even give everything you have to the poor and it is still not love. So, love is not what you do. Love is the fruit of what Jesus has done. And that can have good works as well. Amen. Right. Galatians chapter 3, it says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? This is verse 1. That you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth crucified among you. This only would I learn of you, receive you the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, 
are you now made perfect by the flesh. So what he's saying is that these believers in Galatia started off by just believing the message that was preached in the beginning. The message that was preached in the beginning is Men and brethren, let it be known unto you that through Jesus is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Your sins are forgiven. That's the message in the beginning. Now he says here, how are you so foolish that you've begun with the message of my sins are forgiven. Now you are back under, I must live righteous in order to be blessed. It cannot work that way. That is not what God has given unto us. God has given unto us the message of His unconditional love. And that's what we start off with. And that's what we end with. Amen. Right, it says here, O foolish Galatians, having begun the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? So what is called, he calls the flesh the works of the law. That's what he says here. Now let's go to Galatians chapter 5. And we read this. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit. Now what is the Spirit? The Spirit is believing the message of grace. Amen. It's the message of grace. So, if you can open your heart for the message of God's grace, you'll find the fruit of the Spirit in your life. So, he says here, um, let's read again there verse, 20, verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of being um, in the message of grace is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. So, when you are in the Spirit, you'll find love in your life. So, love is not something you do in order to um, get God to love you. God is not something you do in order to have this blessing of God and this acceptance with God. Love is something that flows out of you because you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Excuse me, we've got the ministerial fly flying around here. Amen. We'll kill it soon. Right. Um, let's just get into uh, John again. First John there. Chapter 4. And we look at the love of God. It says, He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. So what is the love of God? The love of God is that which God gives unto us for free. Amen. That is the love of God. Through Jesus Christ, we're not walking by the law anymore. We are in Christ Jesus. That is the love of God. So, when we are in the love of God, it says we will love others. It says, he that loves not knows not God, for God is love. So, what John actually says is that the love of God, this message of grace is so potent, that when somebody is not walking in love, you can go so far to say that this person doesn't understand grace. That's how powerful the love of God is. The message of God's grace is so powerful that if somebody does not walk in love, you can say he does not understand grace. As simple as that. Now, you might say, but it's so difficult to love others. Now, if you're asking that question, you're not hearing what I'm saying. The love of God is so potent. It is so um, powerful. It is so full of power and change in the life of a person that If you do not love somebody, you can go so far to say that this person doesn't understand the grace of God. So, if you understand the grace of God, the love of God will be naturally flowing out of you. Now, if you are not walking in love towards people, and we will define what love towards people is soon. If you are not walking in love towards people, you can just say one thing, I'm not understanding the grace of God and I'm not in the message of God's grace. Now, um, don't try to love your neighbor. Now, you might say, Barry, that is something, you've just said something so wrong. I want to say it again because this is not a mistake. Don't try to love God. Don't try to love yourself. And don't try to love your neighbor. Those things are, that, that is a fruit of being in the Spirit. What is the Spirit? It's the message of God's grace. It's the message of, I am in Him. Herein is love. That He loved me, gave His Son, so that I cannot walk by the law, but by by what Jesus has done on my behalf. That's love. So, if you're not loving yourself, if you're not loving your neighbor, you are not focused on, I am not standing before God in my own works, but I'm standing uh, in my own works, but I'm standing before God through the works of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
So, if you feel that I don't love myself, I always disqualify myself, I always judge myself, I'm never happy with what I've said, I'm never happy with the way I walk, I'm never happy with my relationship with God, I'm never happy with the way I love people. Don't try to change that. What you need to do is, go into your room, close the door, say, God, I want to read this Bible from the perspective of I want to see what you've freely given me and I don't want to see anything that I must do for you. The moment you start to read the Bible from that perspective, you will love to read the Word. And as you see what God has done for you, you will find that you love yourself. You know, I found people say to me, Bertie, you think too much about yourself. Man, is it okay to think of myself what God thinks of me? Is it okay to think of myself God's thoughts, to say of myself what God says. Amen. I believe that I am righteous. I believe that I am good. I believe that I am holy. I believe that my sins have been forgiven. I believe that I have been anointed. I believe that I am a man of God. I believe that I am seated with Christ. I believe that I am the apple of His eye. I believe that God spoils me. I believe that God only speaks good things about me. Because it is the truth. And anybody that thinks anything else about themselves is living in darkness and in the lie. And if you can live like that, if you can start to think like that, because you've renewed your mind into what God says about you, you will find love as a fruit coming out of you. Now, let's go back to Galatians quickly. Galatians chapter 5, listen to this. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh, the works of not being in the message of as he is, so am I because of his works. The works of the flesh, the work, the, 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 the message, or the, that flesh, the works of the message that says by what you do you'll be justified and not by what he's done on your behalf. The work that flows out of that message, according to verse 19 here, is adultery, fornication, uncleanness, idolatry, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresy, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. That is the works that comes out of a man that wants to be justified by his flesh, by what he does, or what he do for God. That's it. That's the works of the flesh. That is the fruit of being in the flesh. That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 7. He says, I never knew lust until I was under a law that says you're not allowed to lust. And then he says, by that law, that law worked all those wrong passions in me. That's what he says. He says, I never had that. But the moment I came under the law, it was manifested in me. Now it says in verse 23, Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, or the result of being in the Spirit. Now listen, this is not your fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Now we're just talking about love today. So the only way you're going to get love into your life is by being in the Spirit. Now what is being in the Spirit? It's being in the message that was preached from the beginning. What is that message? The message that was preached from the beginning is written in Acts 13.38. That message is, Men and brethren, today let it be known unto you that through Jesus Christ is preached unto all of you, your sins are forgiven and you are justified from everything the law of Moses finds you guilty on. And isn't that awesome? That is the message of grace. And that's how we start to experience love in our hearts. Now, you need to listen to this again and again. I can't make this plainer than what I do right now. And I believe as I grow um, in my understanding of God's grace, I will be able to just say it even plainer and more simple to you. But this is the simplicity of the gospel. You love God because He first loved you. How do you love God? What is the love that we have for God? The love that we have for God is written down in John chapter, I think it's yeah, 14, verse 15. Let's read it. John chapter 14, verse 15. 
This is how we are supposed to love God. We are supposed to love God. But that love is a fruit. It's not something you do in order to receive a fruit. Amen. It's not something you do in order for God to love you. God loves the world. He loved the world that He gave His Son. He gave His Son. He he manifested His love to us while we were sinners. That's what the Bible says. So you can't do anything in order for God to love you. You can't do anything in order for God not to love you. He loves you because that's who He is. Amen. It's as simple as that. Let's go to John 14, verses 15. Now listen to this. He says, If you love me, keep my commandments. That's what it says. Now you might say, you see, Barry, there the Bible says, If we love God, we will keep the Ten Commandments. Now that's not what that scripture says, and is that what you hear? It's just that law mentality jumping up again. You know, so many times I find myself as well, you just hear that law that just wants to jump up, and then you need to say, man, keep quiet. Let's listen to the message of grace. Let's hear what God says. Amen. Now here it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So God loves us, and He commands us certain things. Now what does God command us? Let's read that in 1 John chapter 3, verse 23. It says, And this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. Okay. Now, I want to just focus on the first part there. He says, This is His commandment, that He gave, or that we should believe on His Son. Now, what He says here, He says, If you love me, keep my commandment. Now, I can put it in other words. If you love me, believe on Jesus. Amen. If you love me, believe on Jesus. So, how do we love God? We love God by believing what He says about us. That's how we love God. Amen. So, the love of God towards us is Jesus giving His Son to, or the Father giving Jesus unto us. That's the love of God towards us. Our love towards God is accepting what is given to us. Now, let's get to how do we love our neighbor. Now, the Bible says that if we love our neighbor, we will lay down our lives for our neighbor. How do I lay down my life? Paul says in 1 Corinthians, um, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. I want to read it to you quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. It says... For the love of Christ constrains us, because we are of this mind, that if one died, then all are dead already. So what does Paul say? He says, the love of God for people is the love of God that's in us. God sees people as, I've already died for them. Because I've got that mindset, it pushes me to preach the gospel. So what is Paul's action of love towards people? It is sharing the gospel with them. That's the love of God towards them. It is giving to your brother, not closing your bell of compassion towards him. Now, if we go and read in 1 John, it says, if you, if you have got this worldly goods and you see your brother or your next door neighbor or somebody in need, and you close your bells of compassion for him, how does the love of God dwell in you? Now, what does that mean? That means... If you feel the compassion, if you close your bowels of compassion, in other words, there is compassion in your heart. You see that person struggling, or you see that person in need. He doesn't even have clothes. Your friend, your neighbor, it says your brother. That's your brother in the Lord. That is the, the person that you know. You feel the compassion of God for him. It's already in you. And now, you willfully, by the decision of your will, say... I shall not give to him even if I want to. Now he says, how will the love of God, it's a question asked by John. Now in what way will the love of God dwell in you? If God worked in you, you've accepted the love of God, he worked in you to the place where you are experiencing in your being love for your neighbor and compassion, plus God provided all the goods in order to give it to him, and now you willfully go and say, I will not do it even if I feel that I want to. Now the question, John asked the question, how will the love of God dwell in you? (laughs) 
It will not manifest in any way because that's what God has done for you. Amen. The other day, other day somebody visited me and um, God said to me, or, or I, I don't want to say God said to me, in my heart I felt compassion for the guy and I just said, I want to give him a certain amount of money. And there was compassion for this guy. I didn't even agree with everything that he says. But I felt compassion in my heart for him. You know what? I'm not going to go willfully and say, well, you know, um, God delivered me from stinginess. He's given me possessions. He's given me the money to give away if I want to. And He's given me the will to do this now. He's given me compassion to give to this person. And He's provided the man. He's given that man. He's even brought him to my house. I'm not going to willfully say, well, I'm not going to give to him. I mean, how will the love of God dwell in me if I don't open my heart or if I don't allow it just to flow? Just a manifestation of that. Do you see to what extent God goes in, uh, to get us to manifest who He is? Man, that's how easy it is. You in your heart feel a compassion for somebody that's lost. You feel that compassion. You, God brings him over your path. He gives you his telephone number. He gives you his email address. Then he links you up with a ministry like this, Dynamic Love Ministries. You're watching this live. You feel in your heart, I want to just send this link to him. I just want to send him a short text message or, or something. That's the love of God. If you don't do that, how will the love of God work in you? How will it manifest in you? If you can find a way, please let me know. But, I mean, the Apostle John also asked that question. If God provided for you the bowels of compassion, if you know what it is to live in Jesus Christ, if you feel the love of God for that person, if you say, well, I'm righteous by what He's done and not my own works, if you've come to that point of maturity where you feel that unction to give and to love and to share. And you... I mean, that's, it's easy to love that way because it's a fruit of the gospel. That's the way we love our neighbor. And the greatest act of love is telling somebody about Jesus or being involved in a ministry or in a way where somebody can experience the love of God which is Jesus Christ and Him standing right before God because of the blood of Jesus. So I want to tell you, maybe you're not a preacher today, but you can show the love of God by giving your finances, by sending a text message, by posting a CD. You can do that. By sending a, a link. You can do that. That is the love of God. If you can go to somebody that is burning in hell today, and you can ask him, what would have been the greatest act of love when you walked the earth that somebody could show towards you? You know what he would say? He would say to tell me about Jesus. And if he was somebody that, would, would have, that, that was hearing the gospel every day and just refused, you know what he would say? Is somebody just telling me again. The greatest deed of love is sharing Jesus Christ with somebody. Amen. And against that love there's no law. Because the compassion that's in your heart towards somebody else that flows out of just this abundance of revelation of you standing justified before God getting you to the place where Paul was where he said the love of Christ compels me because of the way I think about people's sin it has been paid for it has been done I, I, I want to just tell them they're just ignorant of this when you come to that point you know how easy it is to love somebody because your heart is flooded with it your mind is filled with it you can't but do it Amen so I want to just encourage you to love people and you know uh, if I say this in so many times we read the Bible in such a condemning way when John wrote and said if you don't love somebody the love of God is not in you we feel as when we read with a law mentality you know if I don't love somebody I'm going to go to hell that's not what that scripture says. What John was actually saying is, if you don't love somebody, you don't have revelation of what God has done for you. That's all. And the reason why he said that was because he knew the influencing power of the gospel of Jesus. I want to say the same thing. 
If you don't live in righteousness, if you don't have good works in your life, you don't know the message of grace. And then I want to say this with it. In the area where you don't have good works or righteous works, go and study God's love for you. And then you'll find the fruit in your life. Amen. Man, that is the gospel of Jesus. That is the good news. As I say that, I just, man, I just feel that peace flooding my mind. To think that the gospel is so powerful that it can produce the holiness of God in the lives of people. So, when it comes to loving people, I want to tell you, Church of Jesus Christ, we ought to love people. That word ought means, if I take a, a, um, gasoline or petrol and I put it on this table and I take a match and I strike that match and I bring it close to that gasoline or that petrol, it's going to burn. It ought to burn. Because the nature of that fuel is it has been designed, it has been engineered to burn when you bring a match or a fire to it. That's what it's made to do. So I want to tell you that we ought to love each other because of the love of God. It has been engineered, designed by God to bring dignity and worth and a stable character, a freedom from fear and love for others into our lives. Amen. Don't put an effort to love others. Don't do that. The only effort you can put into is to know the grace of God more. And you'll find that God will put through the Holy Spirit an effort into your life to love others. You'll find that love just coming into your life. Amen. Now, as I drive my car and I see the people on the street that is drunk, that people that's just been, they just had the dirt road of life. They just had this hard life. There's a compassion in my heart. When I see somebody walking with crutches, there's a compassion in my heart. I'll walk up to that man in the street and I'll lay my hands upon him and pray for him. If he gets healed or not, I don't care. But I'm not going to shut the bowels of compassion in my heart willfully. If you experience the love of God for the lost, if you experience the love of God um, for the lost, to the point that you want to support the ministry or go on a crusade or anything like that, why will you willfully shut the bowels of your compassion and say, well, I'm going to do this thing later. Don't do that. that. That is the fruit of the Spirit in your life. It comes from your innermost being. It comes from your heart. That is the pure thing. That's the right thing. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's what God has given unto us. Amen. Now, maybe you've got sickness in your body. Maybe you say, but Bertie, I want to know more of the love of God. If you want to know more of the love of God, just go onto the website under Word Well and just study these things out. Go onto the uh, Sunday service archive and just check those things out. Amen. You must just excuse us for not uploading the um, last Sunday's message. I mean, it's holidays at the moment. In um, the second week of January, we'll have everything up to date. Everything will be running just smoothly. Listen, study this out. Study out what God has done for you. And you will find love for each other. I mean, if we as Christians don't walk in love, and then the greatest form of love is getting people to Jesus, how will the love of God manifest in us if we're not willing to let that compassion flow out of us? Which we already have and feel. Some of us, we feel such a compassion that we don't know what to do about it. Act upon that. That is the love of God. Amen. And know that God will always provide your need. Don't be scared. Walk in the love of God. Amen. The reason why I preach here today is because I love you. That's all. I don't preach here because I am scared that one day I'm going to stand before God and He's going to say, What have you done with the gift I've given you? Man, if I preach for that reason, it's foolishness. Because then it's fear-driven. It's not love-based. I don't care what God's going to say one day about the gifts and all those type of things. What motivates me is the love that I have for you. I want you to have this message, this revelation of God's grace. That's why we upload the thing on YouTube and GodTube and we get this website. That's why we preach the gospel. That's why we do gospel crusades. That's why we'll sit here every Sunday and do this live. Amen. That's why I do it. Because I want you to hear this message of grace. There's a love in my heart for you. This is the fruit of 
studying the message of His unconditional love and having a revelation of unconditional love. Amen. And that is for you. I know you feel that as well. And I've seen so many people in web church, they just, man, they, they'll send an SMS. They will be encouraged. They'll have joy. All of that is, that joy is not, well, I must be happy otherwise God said with me. It's, I am happy because I know what He's done for me. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, um, I want you to know that after this message, uh, we're just going to play a song. And while we play that song, I'm going to link you up um, those of you who want to join in the cell meeting or the chat that we have after this message, we have a chat on, um, uh, what's the thing called? Eliana, what's it called? <laughs> on Skype. On Skype. We've got a, a we, we're just going to talk uh, about this message, chat, pray for you and spiritually lay hands on you if you want to join with us. The, the name is Bertie Brits or Dyna- Dynamic Ministries. I think it's Dynamic Ministries. You can just, my Skype name is Dynamic Ministry, slot into this. We will link you up and we can talk together. We can pray together. So, you are so welcome. If it's a rebroadcast, we don't have the cell group after the rebroadcast. Only after the live session. So, um, man, I believe that you're just going to slot into this. We're going to pray together. We're going to discuss the message. God bless you and God loves you. I just want to pray for the sick and after I prayed for the sick, I wanted to listen to the song that we play. It's just the, me- the message of God's grace that we just speak over you. Father, I want to thank you that I can pray for everybody that's listened to this message today and for their families and everybody that's close to them. I speak the healing power of God over them. I speak over everyone that's listening to my voice the ability to understand the message of grace, to dig into it, to grab a hold of it, to get it deep into their hearts, to get it established in their minds and in everything they have. In Jesus' mighty name. I call you the blessed and the righteous of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you that you've joined in this session. God bless you. God loves you. His grace is over you. And man, just get into Skype at the moment. You just, man, we're just going to talk together. Hallelujah. Amen.